0: and hope of this greater reunion with you when we see Christ as he returns. So help us to see all this, to know this, and to hear this in your word today from Deuteronomy chapter 6. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So this is Deuteronomy chapter 6 from verse 1. Now this is the commandment the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you, that you may do them in the land to which you're going over to possess it, Uh, that you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your son's son by keeping all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life. That your days may be long. Hear therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them, that it may go well with you, and that you may multiply greatly, as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord, is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as sign, as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates and when the lord your god brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers to abraham to isaac and to jacob to give you with great and good cities that you did not build and houses full of all good things that you did not fill the gods of the people who are around you? For the Lord your God in your midst is a jealous God, lest the anger of the Lord your God be kindled against you and He destroy you from off the face of the earth. You shall not put the Lord your God to the test, as you tested Him at Massa. You shall diligently keep the commandments of the lord your god and his testimonies and his statutes which he has commanded you and you shall do what is right and good in the sight of the lord that it may go well with you and that you may go in and take possession of the good land that the lord swore to give to your fathers by thrusting out all your enemies from before you as the lord has promised When your son asks you in time to come, what is the meaning of the testimonies and the statutes and the rules that the Lord our God has commanded you? Then you shall say to your son, We were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And the Lord showed signs and wonders, great and grievous, against Egypt and against Pharaoh and all his household before our eyes. And he brought us out from there, that he might bring us in and give us the land that he swore to give to our fathers. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God, For our good always that he might preserve us alive as we are this day and it will be righteousness for us if we are careful to do all this commandment before the Lord our God as he has commanded us that's Deuteronomy chapter 6 and the last bit is an answer to your son, to your kids, when they ask you as a parent, you know, why do we have all these rules? Why do we have all these words that you keep reciting, you tie in your hand, you tie between, <laughs> between your eyes as yes, frontlets? What's the point of all this? Maybe um, the equivalent is, why do you have to go to Sunday school? Why are we reading the Bible? Why is it such a big deal? And um, it's, It's explaining the meaning behind the text I guess it's like doing Bible studies verse 21 then you shall say to your son we were slaves in Egypt we were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt and God saved us with his mighty hand and it's testifying how God has made us you know as parents you know uh, as former slaves witnesses to his power And so what I'm telling you now, imagine the father to his son, is I'm telling you this testimony that I have seen and I'm passing on to you. And that's important because in a sense, as a parent, you would have seen something that maybe your kid, your son, and your grandson, your ensuing generations will never ever see again. And why do I say that? Uh, the exodus this salvation from egypt this passover event all of god's mighty works and miracles was a one-off event in the past the equivalent in the new testament would be the cross you know the cross is a one-off event that has already happened 2000 years ago jesus died on the cross and sometimes you want to see it with your own eyes You, you you sometimes hear Uh, this comment, if only I could see it with my own eyes, then I will believe. And people during Jesus's day said that. And it's worth noting that many of them still did not believe. But at the end of the day, what God wants us to believe is the fulfillment of his word. It's fulfilled in Jesus, it's fulfilled in this event of salvation, but it's passed on through the word of salvation, through the gospel. And that's what these parents, that's what you as parents are saying to your children, you're essentially telling them the gospel, telling them the truthfulness and the fullness and the facts of this gospel so that they might believe in the truthfulness, believe in God's word. Now, of course, there is a belief in seeing, and one day we will see that. But until that day, God wants us to trust through hearing and knowing and entrusting in his word verse 25 and it will be righteousness for us if we are careful to do all this commandment before the lord our god as he has commanded us so the point is obedient but actually more so the fruit of this trust the way in which you know that you are actually believing this and trusting is that you obey it you carry out the commandments of god as if you know not as if because he really is god but that you are actually bowing yourself before this god as god and so the main verse the main key idea of chapter six is uh, where, where is it verse five um, this response to god's salvation response to god's word which is loving god with all our heart soul and mind and strength verse five you shall love the lord your god With all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And all the obedience, all the submission is a reflection a response that is embodied in this love. All of your heart, all of your soul, all of your might. That means all of your life. Everything that you do is a response of love towards God's character, towards God's love. And that's because verse 5, which is this, you shall love, you shall do this with all your heart, soul, and mind, and strength, is a response to verse 4. Verse 4, the verse just before this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. One. This is sometimes called the Shema, because here, Shema, you know, it's like Chinese, the Shema. You know, What was it? it going on? But the idea is hear, you know, can you hear what God is saying to you? Do you hear his commands to you? Do you hear this gospel? Therefore respond in this love God with all your mind, soul, strength, and heart, that kind of thing. But you also, what you're hearing is that the Lord, our God, he is our God who saved us, he is one, this Lord, this God whom we address personally, he is one. And I will just end by just meditating and just reflecting on this oneness of God. I think there are two aspects to this. Number one, he is the only God. The idea is that there are no other gods. He warns them not to chase after the gods of this land. They're going into their other gods and other people there who will entice you. He said, no, there is only one God. Everything else is an idol. Everything else is part of creation. God is the God over creation. So worship him and him alone so that's the oneness of god but secondly the idea of the lord is one is that he is one in and of himself meaning he does not need anyone else he is in and of himself there is a kind of unity and fullness that is within god himself and It's hard to explain this, but I think if you remember back to Genesis when God created the man and the woman, and then they became one in flesh through their union, through their marriage relationship with one another. And so this oneness is actually almost an equivalence of fullness and a synonym almost of love because, again, the man and woman, they are two individuals. You know, to them, but because of their oneness, their relationship with one another, their headship and submission, their their love towards one another, seen in sacrifice and submission. Therefore, this oneness is a symbol of fullness. It's a symbol of God's godness is fullness, and it's almost a prefigurement and a pointing forward to the Trinity, God as Father, Son, and Spirit. His fullness and his relationship to one another and therefore our relationship with him our relationship with one another in a sense is made fuller because of God's oneness if that makes sense there's a kind of fidelity of faithfulness towards God and there's a sense of which we belong to him we are part of this oneness even though God himself is the only God God himself is other from us he does not actually need anything outside to add to him and yet because he's a God of love. He understands, he's the very definition of relationship as Father, Son, and Spirit. There is this richness and fullness of this oneness that we know about God. Here, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Therefore, you shall love. You shall respond to God's oneness in love, in fullness with all our lives with our heart, soul, and with our might and with our strength. Hope that makes sense. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6 again is um, a response to chapters 1 to 3, a reminder of all the history of God's providence and provision through the desert the last 40 years. And it follows as well, chapters four and five. Chapter four says that we are the only ones who have God's word. No other nations have this closeness of God's. He needs God's word close to us. And then chapter five, we didn't read it yesterday, but it was the the exposition of the, watch well, the reiteration, the repeating of the 10 commandments. Hence Deuteronomy, the Deutero second Nomos, law is the second giving of the law. It's the second reminder of the law. As they're about to go into the promised land, what do they need most of all? Most of all is to be reminded that God is with them in his word. Therefore, obey him in love, in trust, in obedience. And therefore, here is just that expression of that God is one. Love him, honor him, worship him as the one and only God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your fullness in your oneness, that we can know you fully through the Lord Jesus Christ as your children, and we can come to you and worship you as your people giving all glory and honor and praise to the only powerful, only glorious God in heaven. So help us to do this with all our might and strength with all our words and all our actions, with our very lives and even with our today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining me. This has been the Daily Bible Reading Show, the 2nd of June, looking at Deuteronomy chapter 6. Take care. God bless. Bye-bye.